Hey, foreign lady listeners. I want to talk to you about one of our partners, Audible. Audible is a spoken word entertainment and audiobook platform, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs like one of my personal favorite, Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. You can get the news, business tips, self-development books, and much more. I've been using Audible for years and I absolutely love it. So if you've always wanted to catch up on some reading and you feel like you just didn't have the time or the patience, let's be honest, now is your chance. With Audible's audiobooks, it's as simple as downloading the free app and listening. Your only decision is which one of their thousands of audiobooks will you start with. And right now, for our foreign lady listeners, you can get a free one-month trial to start enjoying the Audible membership. All you have to do is visit audibletrial.com slash foreignladypodcast. And every month, members get one credit to pick out from any title they want, plus two audiobooks originals from their monthly selections. The app is completely free and available on all smartphones and tablets. You can listen across your various devices without losing your spot and listening offline anytime, anywhere. So if you're in the car or on the go, it's as simple as putting in your AirPods, click and play, and just continue to listen to your favorite book. You can start your free trial now at audibletrial.com slash foreign lady podcast you'll be glad you did i love you guys for listening hey guys welcome to another episode of the foreign lady podcast i'm your host elizabeth and the bottom line and we're back with another episode on this week's episode we are going to discuss uh burt's bees we're going to discuss kevin hart and we're going to discuss this dallas uh restaurant owner who had a lot to say about these two females that were twerking in his restaurant So the whole thread of this week's episode is basically people seem to be pissing off black women and they're doing it for attention because they know that that is the one group that they can sort of come out and try to piss off and they will get attention. Yep. So I don't know why, but, uh, you know, if you want clout, I guess you got to do something to offend black women. We're going to get into all of that topic and uh, just discuss what what's what's going on what's what's in the water so we'll see so with that being said uh let's get started welcome to the foreign lady podcast straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society this is not your run-of-the-mill opinion show elizabeth's not afraid to have the tough conversations so listen up because it's about to get real here's your host elizabeth So, Burt's Bees. So, Burt's Bees is a uh, beauty brand. They have, like, chapsticks and soaps and lotions, and they're more of, like, a like a, like a a green brand, something like that. Natural. Yeah, like a natural brand. Thank you. And they are in a lot of hot water because uh, earlier in, I believe it was earlier last week, the Burt's Bees suddenly found themselves at the center of controversy when they ran an ad that some people felt were basically perpetuating a dangerous stereotype about black families. So the ad had the black family wearing matching pajamas from the Burt's Bees brand, and they had other similar families as well who were, you know, wearing the Burt's Bees brand and were in this photo. The only difference was the black family's father was missing, and social media went crazy. It was, you know, this, basically they were, you know, 
propagating the impression that the majority of black families are led by single parents, mostly single moms. And this sort of stereotype has been going on for so long that, you know, it seems like the majority of black families are single parent households where that's not necessarily true. You have single household parents in all kinds of communities, not just black families. And so, you know, the internet was in an uproar. The company released a statement basically apologizing on Twitter uh, in response to the image, saying that they are deeply sorry for the hurt that the image caused. And, you know, they their reasoning was that when they were doing the photo shoot, the father was unavailable, and so they couldn't reschedule the photo shoot. They said they were wrong, they should have rescheduled the photo shoot, and the image has been removed from their website. What do you think? What's what's going on here? What is happening? I think that there should be no forgiveness, which I already think has been established by the internet. Burst bees gets no forgiveness. There is too much going on in the world, especially with Black Lives Matter, to let something like that slide. Right. I feel like people are too aware to let something like that slide in their business meetings. This has happened one too many times with like, for example, H&M. So many ads that have been in one way or another insulting to the black community. There's no forgiveness and I don't believe it's an accident. I do believe that these things happen by design. They're looking to get our attention in the worst way possible. And the reason why is because, again, it's free publicity, but it doesn't hurt their bottom line. Right. And that's what it's all about. They're able to use us to market their products for free, and they know it won't hurt their bottom line. Getting us upset, especially black women, getting them angry, getting them talking about their products, they're getting free publicity, and they save millions in marketing. Think about it. If they had put a black father in that ad, we wouldn't be talking no about this. Be talking about yeah. No one. And okay. They know that. So they my know my thing is, it had okay. The ad had to have gone through, I mean, a gazillion people for them to approve it, right? Like you can't, mm-hmm. you know, it it has gone through so many layers of executives, and nobody pointed out how wrong this was. Like, this is the thing that I don't understand. Out of all those people that work in that company, not one person said, uh, wait a minute. This might get us into hot water. Like, it didn't come to anybody's brain to, to think that. And, you know, the company's, I guess, their statement about, oh, the father, you know, had to drop out because of work schedule and we should have rescheduled, but we, you know, we're sorry. We didn't realize that the impact and the intent. What did you expect? Like, what exactly did you think was going to happen? And then they said, you know, we understand that representation matters and representation has an impact. If you realize that representation matters and has an impact, why didn't you realize that before? Or if the father wasn't available and you didn't want to reschedule, then don't put them in your ad. It's simple. You see, that only makes sense if you assume the people who make those decisions don't know what's going on. So you think this is a marketing ploy? It's a marketing ploy because, like I said, if you if you take it as it wasn't an accident, this was by design. They're going through these photos and thinking, okay, which group do we not want to piss off? Which group will affect our bottom line? Okay, we don't want to affect this. we don't want to piss off this group. Nope, we don't want to piss off that group. Okay, what's the group that we could piss off 
that's going to give us free marketing, but it's not going to affect our bottom line. Okay, yes, here it is, black people. But black people, I don't speak for all black people, but I will assume that there are some black people who are customers of Burt's Bee. Why are they alienating a certain demographic of their their marketing their marketing demographic like did they not think that this was going to affect their bottom line in some way or did they just think that black people don't shop at uh companies like or brands like that if enough black people did shop there i think you would have had a different kind of ad their customer base or their their marketing base i agree it's not majority black people obviously you know they cater to the I really hate to be stereotypical here, but I feel like it's more like, you know, white suburban people. So mm-hmm. I get the fact that black people aren't their core demographic, but still, they still have some that shop with them. And the fact that they did this, didn't they think that this was going to affect them and it was going to alienate them? But like you said, if it was a market employee, then I guess they really didn't care. They know exactly what they're doing. For example, if you look at something like Tyler Perry or BET, who do they cater to? They cater specifically towards black women. So whenever they make a new TV show or a new movie, they'll cast a black woman and her image in the best possible light, even if she's being a single mom. They'll put it in the best light possible. They're careful not to ever piss off black women. And if you notice Tyler Perry, when he cast a white woman in his movies, she's portrayed in a way that would be different than other kinds of platforms. So again, I feel like well, he's gotten ba- he's gotten backlash too. Like Tyler Perry has gotten black- backlash for his movies too, in the way he portrays black women, because majority now, of his movies d- doesn't exactly flatter black women in a good light. And we got to remember that's only a recent thing because the generation has changed. Remember, Tyler Perry has been around making movies like this for twenty years now. When it first started off, black women were really appreciative towards these roles and they felt it was shedding a light, but now they feel it's a stereotype. Now you're constantly portraying black women as being this, that, and the other, and they're like, you know, we don't want that anymore. It was still his attempt to still put them at the center, put them in the best light possible, show their story as real as as he could while empowering them. Black women just want, they now want a different story from him. That's all it is. I could totally see that. I I do think now that, especially like now in this day and age, a lot of people have come to realize that he needs to show black people, especially black women, in a more positive light than in the past. Than just being, again, the single parent or, you know, the angry black woman or all these uh, stereotypical things. And I think now his more recent works have been a little bit more empowering but in the past, yep. they really haven't been. And so and where, where does this come from? Like, I don't, why is it that when we automatically think about, okay, being raised in a single parent household, we automatically think that black people don't have two parents? Like, you know, I don't understand so that. So many documentaries on it. Uh, you can go back to, say, the Welfare Act, where the government, government pretty much said if you wanted welfare, there could not be a man in the home. Right. So a lot of black men, apparently they had to leave the home so that their wife and children could qualify for welfare because during those hard times, he couldn't find a job, but his family was hungry. And that's where the stereotype began, even though everybody was suffering in that same way. 
they would stereotype black people with the most and that's what's hurt us and it's become a stereotype that's almost self-fulfilling like do people not realize that there are other communities out there that have single parent households well i was gonna say it could also be sometimes like i said i don't believe in accidents i believe things are by design like this was purposely done it's purposely done and it's again it's to subliminally teach us that we only need our mothers in our community but in other communities they need to make sure to have a dad and a mother right and sometimes that's what we also got to be careful of that they're setting out to destroy us you don't need a male figure you don't need that yeah yeah the other communities better make sure they have a male figure but you don't need one and it doesn't help that you know a large majority of incarceration are black men Yep. It's just, it seems like it's just this, like, the systemic, dare I say, destroying of the black community where it's like, okay, they see the black male masculinity as, like, this threat. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, thinking too much into it, but that's just what it, it just seems like there's just one thing after another, after another, after another, where it's like, for real? Like, are you really coming for, for the black masculinity? You know what I believe? And I know this has been said in other parts of the world. The simplest answer is always best. It could just as much be that they just don't want to see black male masculinity, black male leadership. It can be just that simple. It doesn't have to be this complicated thing with layers. No, they just don't like black male leadership. That's it. Speaking of male leadership, Kevin Hart. (laughs) Wow, that was nice. You like nice. you like my segue, right? I, I've been practicing. Was, I've been practicing. You know, you know. Thank you, thank you. So Kevin Hart, his new uh, Netflix special dropped this week, and he has getting a lot of controversy again. He's just it seems like he just can't catch a break, this dude. So he in the special, I saw the I didn't see the whole special, but I saw this the clip of what people were talking about. In it, he was telling a story about how his 15-year-old daughter has multiple crushes on on boys at school. He insinuated that his daughter, you know, was having hoish tendencies. People did not appreciate that at all. So he got so much backlash from, more specifically, black women who were saying, you know, this is a young, impressionable girl. Why are you putting that image of her out there? You know, when she goes to school, people are going to see this and they're going to bully her. Why is it that she's not free to express herself? And if she likes multiple boys, let her like multiple boys. What What do you think is going on here? Do you think that he what he said was out of line? I personally think what he said was was not funny. Like, I didn't think it was cool to call a to insinuate. He didn't call her a hoe, but to insinuate that she was a hoe just because, you know, she she has eyes for multiple boys like guys are allowed to do it why not women any person talking about their children in any platform you're gonna get a side eye right from from a lot of people because people are gonna be like that's that's your kid i feel like children should be off limits in certain aspects like i mean i get it that that his life is he talks about his life and his jokes and things like that but i feel like when it comes to kids certain things should be off limits you can start your kids i mean what if they of course, come across this special, or what if they're, or what if your kids' friends make fun of your kids because of this? You know, this could scar kids, especially at, at that age, teenager, high school. Right, she's like, 15. This is really harmful type stuff. So I can only imagine. 
So to me, overall, what Kevin Hart did was just unacceptable. It's not it's something I would never do myself. But then I have to say, look at the platform that he was in. It is comedy. The rules are different. And if you don't like it, don't tune in. Right. And that's what a lot of people were saying. Yeah. They were saying that, okay, this is comedy. Comedy, you know, especially in this climate that, you know, there seems to be like this attack on on comedians. And it should be like the one space where you know, we're allowed to sort of say anything as long as it's funny, right? And we've seen a lot of comedians get a lot of backlash for things that they've said in the past just because it was, excuse me, uh, insensitive, right? So, but do you think that this went a little too far or do you think that people should just get over their outrage because it's it's comedy? This is He's a comedian. This is what he does. Oh, I definitely think it went too far. I just think, again, that was the space where it's allowed because, you know, this is what you hear from comedians. It's like, this is the space where it's allowed. And the thing is, also, when you do put that kind of thing out there, when you do say those things, then you as a comedian should also be ready for the backlash because you did put it out there. So you can't just say, oh, it was just a joke. No, like, you made a joke that people didn't like. So accept the fact that people didn't like it. I'm sure Kevin Hart has been through situations where he did a show and people said, you suck. You weren't funny. You have to accept that. Right. And now people are having this debate about, is Kevin Hart funny? Because we've seen this with him so many times. And now, you know, like, has his jokes sort of become, or his materials become sort of redundant and they're not funny anymore? Or, like... I think that's exactly what it is. I think that when you have to start making jokes about your own daughter, then is what you're letting the world know that you're past your your prime. Like that's what it is to me. You're letting the world know that there's no more. There's there's nothing else in the tank, and this is kind of like the last stretch of my race to be remembered and noticed. Because there was a time where Kevin Hart was like pumping out like 20 movies a year. Right. And that's not what it is now. Some of the movies that, that came out of late, uh, it was really that good, yeah. Yeah. So now you got to kind of throw your own daughter under the bus to get attention, to get the clout. And again, this is an example of who do I have to piss off? And it's the same group. You know, who do I have to piss off to get a bunch of likes and get and beat and get my, and so that my, 15 minutes of fame becomes 17 minutes. Who do I got to piss off? Okay, here's a group to do it to. Black women, I know they're going to get mad. I know they're going to start talking about me. And then I'll make a fake apology or I'll say this, say that. And, you know, I'll be back in the spotlight. Let's just dissect that a little bit. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that, you know, black women have sort of become the go-to group that people feel like, okay, they can sort of, you know, say something that, that's out of line or say something disrespectful and then, you know, they, then they try to walk it back and apologize and, and everything is all like. I think it's because, in some, well, I think, number one, that that would be something for you to answer. As a black woman, you would have to answer yourself. But if you look online, a lot of black women seem to believe that the world hates them and wants to mimic them. And sometimes when they get online, they're talking like the world revolves around them. And 
in reality, I think what it is is that when you when you speak against any other group, they just don't care as much. Mm. Like you, like any other group, if Kevin Hart made a joke about any other group in that platform, that group would accept the fact that he's a comedian making a joke in a space where that joke would be acceptable. Okay, let me play devil's advocate so, here. Because, yeah. I, I okay, this is how I feel. And this is just my opinion, listeners, so don't, don't you know, keep your comments at bay. Um, I think that we, that black women are an easy target. Only because I feel like the other groups are a little bit more protected. Because if you make a joke against LGBTQ, it automatically becomes an outrage. Like, that's like, you don't do that, right? It, it does happen, but it's not as often. If you make a joke against Jewish people, like, you know that you do not joke with Jewish people, right? Like, you just don't do it at all. Because I feel like they're in a protected class, and then you re- you rarely ever see jokes against or or um, sort of uh, disrespectfulness, if that's even a word, uh, for other communities like the Asian community, very few Hispanics or uh, the Latino community. Like you, you very ever see it, but it's for some reason, black women just seems to just keep getting the dart thrown at them. And it's because we're an easy target. And I feel like maybe what, maybe, you know, maybe our, our, uh, our, our ideas of we are very disrespected in this country is right. Because it seems like all the controversy happens to revolve in some shape or form against comments or derogatory statements being made against black women. Let, let's say that's true. And this is what I mean about, you know, free marketing but it still doesn't affect their bottom line, right? It, it could. Actually, it could. Because that, that's the thing. that We are the one group, and meaning black women, is the one group where you can sort of offend and your bottom line is still in place. Because all those exactly. other groups, you offend them and your bottom line rolls out the window. If you're going to offend somebody, you might as well offend them because... It's no skin off our back. We'll say we're sorry, and then we'll call it a day, and we'll move on. And that's terrible, and that sucks, and that's fucked up. And, and what I want to add to that is a great example is when you every once in a while see those videos where uh, the Asian or Korean store owner, you know, uh, puts a black woman in a chokehold. Or you hear those stories about how, you know, you go to the nail salon, owned by Asians, but it's, the customers are like 99% black women. Mm-hmm. And you hear about the Asian store owner disrespecting the black woman. If 99% of their customers are black women and black women are being disrespected, right. what can black women do? Stop going there. Simple. But what do black women do? They continue going there. They continue being the number one customer. They continue buying the products. So it's like, they know what they know how to treat you, and like you said, these other groups, rather than complain, rather than go on the internet, rather than make a bunch of videos, they stop being a customer. They stop buying a product. They know the the biggest thing they can do is pull their dollar back, 
put it back into their pocket, put it towards somebody else. And one of the biggest problems in the black community is that our dollar does not stay in our community. It does not circulate to make our community better. Yeah. It immediately goes into another community, no matter how much that community uh, treats us. I agree. You see, with black men, like we'll, we, we'll put our we'll put our dollar back in our pocket if we feel disrespected. But it seems like with the sisters, they'll be disrespected, get upset, shout, and whatever, and then go back move the on. next day. Still put their dollars, still spend it at the same location, and not the shame. Right. So of course they're going to continue. Yep, we don't have to disrespect anybody but you we'll still get the money i've definitely made a more of an, a conscious effort to not support companies that that are very disrespectful or don't align with my views because i know that and i'm just one person i know i'm not going to make a change or make a difference but that's just something for me like if i see that a, a company is problematic i don't shop there like i don't i don't spend a penny i don't spend a dollar i just i just don't and I'm trying to make more of a conscious effort to support more black-owned businesses. Um, have I always been perfect and done it right? No, absolutely not. But again, it's a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. But I feel yeah. like if more women, if more black women had that same mentality, and you're right, I think is because we don't do, we don't stand up for ourselves or we don't um, know the power and the value of our, do- of our dollar and we don't know our power, and that's why I feel like all these other businesses and or companies or or whatever. Like I feel like that's where the disrespect comes from because it's like we don't know the amount of power that we have, and we just kind of let we, we just kind of just accept it and then move like we get outraged and we and then we move on to the next thing. And I don't and exactly. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that that's the way that we're going to gain the respect that we need or that we want. You you have to know what it is that you can control. And you can control your dollar, control where it goes. Like me, myself, years ago, I told myself, I'm not spending my dollar in a business that's in a black neighborhood, but that business is not black owned. And I don't feel like they respect black people. Mm-hmm. They're selling products to black people that they themselves would not use. Right. That's like, another thing. I was like, I'm not, I'm not giving my money to you. You know, like, like for example, there's some restaurants or fast food places like Chicken Shacks that aren't black-owned, and they're selling me food that I'm like, wait a minute, I know your culture doesn't eat this, but you're selling it to me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no. Right. And I haven't eaten from those places in years. If I even look at some of that food, I'll, I'll start getting sick. Yeah, when it comes to food, I'm, I'm a big foodie, as you know, it's no secret. But I'm very particular about where I eat as well. Like, that's like the one, like, I will, you know, I'm, I'm good with, you know, experiences and things like that. But I'm very particular about exactly where I eat. How are we ever going to make a change? Going back to the Burt's Bee example, right? Another person can see that and be like, well, it, like, it doesn't matter. It, like, I, I, there's more pressing things in the world. Or another person can see the, hear the Kevin Hart story and be like, you know what, they're, he's a comedian. There are more pressing things in the world. No one cares, right? But then you, other people are just like this outrage. You know, they're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. You know, we should do this. We should do it. Like, it's all of these different reactions. Like, how are we ever going to get somewhere if... If we're not really on, I feel like we're not being co- cohesive. Does that make sense? 
No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. We need... Because I feel like, like other communities are more cohesive. Without a doubt. Um, because I would say we need a set of rules for ourselves. And I, I think I've told you about this before, having a, a code of honor, a code of nobility. And what that would mean is that either when, when, we, when something happens to us, or if something happens in reference to us as black people, what do we want to do? What's more important, changing the world or changing ourselves? And the thing is, it's easier for us to change ourselves and how we react than expecting the world to change. Because as we've seen, these companies keep making the same mistake. And again, at this point, it's no longer a mistake. It's deliberate. And they're hoping for the same reaction from us. So the only thing we could do, instead of trying to change the world, we change ourselves. Once they realize that we've changed the way we respond to them, that you know what, we're just going to take away our dollar. We're going to make our own company, make our own images where we have family, we have the family that, that we want, then we don't have to worry about what you're saying about us. You won't even have to put us in your ads anymore because we're not even buying your product. And that's what right. I believe is the best course of action change ourselves like i just i personally believe that was more important that we change how we react we just we just work together amongst ourselves instead of trying to change the world so we're going to talk about the dallas owner and you actually were the one who brought this to my attention where there was a restaurant owner in dallas who went viral because there were two customers black women who were twerking at the restaurant and it's supposed to be this like it's black owned and it's supposed to be this place where the the owner said he wanted a place where black people can come and feel um you know feel like they belong it's an upper class place they have like all these rules about you know the clothes and you know it's supposed to be like a nice upscale place where black people can come and enjoy themselves and and have an, a, a nice place to come to. And apparently there was music going on and these two women took it upon themselves to get up on the glass table and start twerking and the man was not happy. And he got a lot of backlash. So when you first got, gave, gave me the story I was like where's the story? Like I like I didn't get it. I'm like why is he getting backlash? Clearly, those two ladies were wrong. You don't start twerking on a in a classy restaurant like that's stupid. But then you, you you were the one who brought it to my attention, and after I did my research, I'm like, yo, what the hell? Like this dude is actually getting backlash for talking to this women the way he did. And if you haven't heard the story, Google it, look it up, and uh, you see the video of uh, what he said. You know, he was just saying this is a classy place. We, as a black community, we have to start treating each other with respect. We have to start looking, you know, inwards and, and stop acting stop acting crazy and our women need to, you know, act, act, act with a certain decorum and so on and so on. So I know you have a lot to say, so I'll, I'll let you get started. You know, I, I'll, I'll try to keep it to a minimum. Um, you know, I believe the restaurant, again, it was in Dallas. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, he is the owner. He gets to make the rules. And I don't think the women in that restaurant really took the time to appreciate that, you know, this is, this is a black man who owns this restaurant. And as he said, he brought it for the community. 
So treat it with respect. Right. And the name of the restaurant, I believe, is called uh, True Kitchen, and it's in Dallas, Texas. And the owner's name is uh, Kevin Kelly. Yeah. So go ahead. The funny thing is, is that, you know, one part of this is the fact that we don't value strong black men when they're when they're actually in the room and they're actually putting their foot down. You know, we we we're, we're taught to kind of defy it. And that's why you kind of got to relate it to the birth bees ad. They don't have a masculine figure there. And so we're so used to not seeing it that when it is in the room, it's for some reason it has to be challenged. And it's like uh, the world's looking at it as how dare you as a black man, you know, remind people that you own this restaurant and you make the rules. How dare you? No, that's, that's his right. He makes the rules. He owned the place. He put it here for us and he gets to, 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 to set the stage in a sense. See, this but is the, the funny thing is, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to, I was just going to say, this is the shit I'd be talking about. Like we, okay. So black women are always complaining about how we're disrespected and how we need, you know, uh, protect black women and and but this is the kind of behavior that i'm talking about like what would possess you to go to a classy restaurant and start twerking on the glass table right like, i like i don't understand that who's gonna come to your rescue then when they see this behavior who do you expect to protect you when you're behaving this way like i don't i don't understand it i think the man was even if whatever he said was harsh or whatever he was well within his right because he's trying to, he, he he built this, or not built, but like he, he opened this restaurant for the community, like you said, it's for a, a place where, you know, black people can come and call their own and say, okay, this is a, a, a black owned business that, that we can come and feel comfortable and are welcomed. But it's also a place where, you know, there's a, there's more decorum, there's more class, there's, you know, we, we want to have our own safe space. And then you come in there and then you bring your, your hood rap mentality. Like, that that's stupid to me. And you know what's really upsetting for me is that you got so many black women right now who work so hard not to be that stereotype. Exactly. They're making sure that wherever they go, they're bringing decency, nobility. They're bringing extra decency to make up for the ones that aren't decent that that don't have any sort of nobility or honor they're like working overtime to undo the stereotype and you just need one incident 30 second video and all the work you did all the years you you, you put into to establishing yourself as a good woman is undone by 30 seconds of video absolutely and that's what really you know because you do have black women just some black women who are working hard not to be this. They want to make sure that when they present themselves to black men, they have honor worth defending. They want to be protected. But then you have these other types that just ruin it for the rest. Okay. And the other thing I noticed that's really important, Yeah. and I'm, I, I want to make sure that this gets into the recording. Yeah. Most people aren't mad. Most people... They agree that what the women did was wrong and that the man was well within his right. It's the media that is stirring it up to cause division among black people. Would they have done that at a non-black restaurant? If it was not a black-owned place, and let's just say it was a, 
a, a, a nice fancy restaurant in Dallas? Would they have done that? I think that, no, they wouldn't have. There's a far less of a chance. But I think if they were warned, they would have left. Because if you look at the whole story, the Dallas restaurant owner, he asked them twice politely to, to stop. He asked them, he came up to them twice and politely asked, please don't do this. And you can see in the video, he's putting his hands together like he's praying. He's pleading with them. Right. Please, this, it doesn't belong here. And it wasn't until they got on the chairs and the windows, that's when he went off. So, again, here's an example of how, you know, as we were saying, black women are always saying they want this type of man around them to show them respect, X, Y, Z. They want a man who's, who's, uh, who's a leader, has some ownership, and his, you had it. You had one that was doing something for, for the community, something specifically for you. He owned it put it in front of you and you disrespected it. Right. He asked you nicely to stop, but you didn't respond when he came with respect. You did not respond when he came with respect. It was, it was only when he came with disrespect. That's what, that's when you understood. That was the language you spoke. Mm-hmm. So this is what, mm. so, you know, no offense to, to the, to the sisters out there, but this is some of the stuff that black men are, are, are referring to. When, you know, when it's like when, when black men go on the internet and say, Yo, y'all pick the Pookies and Ray Rays, y'all, y'all pick the thugs, you pick the futures, but not the Russells when, they're, when they were there the whole time. This is that example. When you have the respectable black man in front of you, but you're not showing him respect. And he has to now speak to you in the way that you understand. But when he does it, he's called a toxic male. Mm. Mm. But like I said... It seems to me that most people, they are in complete support of this man and are against the women. So I'm like, where's the controversy? Right. Is the media trying to spin it that, oh, this toxic black man, how dare he um, mistreat these women? How, how dare he disrespect these black women? It's the media causing that division. Because even and, mo- and most of the people that are supporting him are other women. Other black women are like, no, 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 no. What these women did was wrong. Right, because that's what I said. That's why I was like, where's the story? Like, they were told, like, I would have kicked them out. I wouldn't even have asked them. Like, if I would have asked them to stop the first time, the second time they didn't, I would have kicked them out. Because this is not the place. This time, you want to dance, go to a club. This isn't a club. And that's why I say it's it's the media. They're they're trying to uh, create that division. Again, here's this black man that came into the room with the right kind of leadership and energy that we need. And the media is trying to paint him as toxic, you know? And again, to me, that's the trickery. That's the okie doke. That's the, that's the game they're playing to keep that leadership out of our community. Because in reality, the community is supporting him. The women and the men, they're supporting him. And deep down, that's what we're looking for. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. But the media, for me, like society, they just don't want that strong black man in the room or in the home. Because I believe 100%, you bring a man or fatherhood into the black community, it starts the healing process automatically, without a doubt. So what do you think that... As black women, what do we need to work on? 
in order to sort of change this perception of us because it, it's like we want respect but then we not all of us so let me just preference by saying that not uh, not all black women are the same you know we're completely different we have different attitudes we have different like everyone's different everyone's an individual but as a collective what 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 do we need to do what do we need to work on because it's like on the one hand we want this you know protect black women we want this um you know the world to see us a certain way but then you have those very few who are acting this way like how can we how can we move forward i don't think it comes down to the women to be honest i think it comes down to the men and this this is not to blame the men but realize that the men have a responsibility and i would say for the men don't be afraid to be men except the fact that you live in a world that when you take leadership as a black man they're going to throw out words words like toxic masculinity and they're going to count on some black women right to be a part of their army to be a part of that protest and and beat you over the head when you try to be a man and, and lead your community but even after a while when they see how effective that leadership is when it comes from a good honorable man when they see how effective it is even the black women who are ratchet starts to switch sides they start to say you know why are we really fighting this when it's effective and it's helping us because when a community is getting better who's going to hate it when a community is thriving even the people that want to do wrong will see that that is right that is what makes sense so again to me just it will it will have to come down come down to the men like this Dallas restaurant owner that they have to have everything in place and when you know again come at them in a very respectable manner when they don't listen that's when you could put your foot down yeah but not and just with men not world. just with our men though but with the general yeah. public yeah like what how do we stop being a target or do you think that we'll just we're gonna all like that's just the spot we're in and we're just gonna have to live with it and just you know I, I was, it's gonna have to be you know like you can't live in hypocrisy like, I feel like a lot of sisters, they live in a bit of, bit of hypocrisy. You know, they'll say things like, um, you know, they, they want their natural hair to be honored and valued. But then the top black females we see in the world or the ones that are put in front of a camera, they're wearing a bunch of weeds, right? So you're saying one thing, but doing another, right? You want to be protected, but... If the only if if people mostly associate you with ratchetness and twerking, again, who are you going to attract that wants to protect you? Because when we say defend the woman's honor, the idea is that she has honor to defend. But if you're doing something dishonorable, then who's going to come to want to protect you? So we you cannot have your your foot in both worlds. Like the Bible even points this out. You can't have your in the church and your foot in the world otherwise you'll get spit out right. and what the Bible talking about is living, you can't be living in hypocrisy you can't serve two masters you, know? you can't serve two masters so um, that that part is going to have to come to come down to black women black women got to have a a, a, a a conference come <laughs> together and say okay <laughs> we got to have know, a meeting yeah, you got to have a meeting and say okay okay what how do we want the world to view us? It doesn't, even, it doesn't even have to be true, but the world has to at least think it's true. It's kind of like when you apply for a job, right? You don't put on your resume, you were late every day of work. You would never put that. Right. 
you're going to put the best possible information there. You're going to polish it to give that job your best self because the resume is an image of you. Your employer knows that you're not the most perfect employee, but your resume will say it. And that's how you want it to be. So I think, again, black women get together, work on what your public image should be. And even if it's not true, keep telling the world, this is what you want to be. This, this ideal, honorable woman, no matter what, that's what you do. And eventually, when, you, when, you, when that's the image that you put in front of the world, you start to even want to actually be that image all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't even want to do the ratchet stuff anymore. You actually want to be that woman because you see, uh, you see how the world appreciates her and values her. You, you now want to just be it all the time. Okay, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna ask you one question. It's not like other women from other communities don't act a fool either. But why do you think that it's just our stuff that's highlighted? Because I'm sure there. I mean, we, we've there are many stories out there of white women doing crazy stuff and and uh, other other communities of women doing stuff. Latino women, whatever. But it just doesn't seem like it's more highlighted, especially not to in. To the masses, as much as um, as black women stuff. So, why do you think that is? Do you think they're more protected, or do you think it's just they know how to hide it better, or like what do you think? What do you think that that sort of not divide, but like where do you think that comes from? I think again, it has to go back to to the image, the sort of resume that you want out there. I feel like these other women, they could be acting just as bad, but on their they're making sure that their image still is protected. I feel like that's what these other cultures do. They make sure that they still have this pristine image. Um, so they they hide it better. They hide it better. And that's what makes it easier for them to be protected. Because once you have a better resume, a better reputation, mm-hmm. I should say, of course people want to protect you. Right. And reputation to me is everything. Image to me is everything. How you present yourself to the world is how you're going to be treated. If you're an honorable woman, people are going to treat you honorably and protect you. When you're presenting something different, that's what they're going to give you. And so um, what I've noticed is that certain things black men do, they're vilified for it. And that used to work, but now it doesn't anymore. Because when we see something wrong, after we're exposed to it long enough, we want it out of our community. But what I've noticed now is that when sisters take on certain ideas or methods, it's called empowerment. And I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like songs by Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, they're considered empowering, right? Mm, like the, Not it, everyone it is, thinks, like, I mean, not again, not everyone thinks that way. Enough people. Enough, think pe- it enough is people, but not everyone. Like I'm not looking. I'm not. See, and I've said it before. I'm not looking at Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B as like a role model. Those aren't the black women I'm looking at. Well, I don't listen. Here's what I'll say to that. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't require everyone to think it's empowering. It's just enough. The issue, yes, enough people think it's empowering that they're protected. Because I even saw an interview with Gwyneth Paltrow. And she said the song WAP, the WAP video, was, like, empowering towards women and it's helping them progress. And I'm like, <laughs> you would never, ever in your life, you know, dance the way they are in front of your community. Right, right. So I'm like, you know, they, 
it's like with these other communities, they're saying, okay, yeah, yeah, it's empowering when the black community does it and their women does it, right. but we're never going to bring that home to our husbands or our community. We know what the result will be. And that's, that's the difference. And this is why I say, like, they're getting you to do the things they would never do. And this is why it's like little things, like even think back to when Lizzo was hot. Like, if you notice, are we talking <laughs> Lizzo about Lizzo was anymore? Hot. <laughs> so are we talking about her now? You are too funny. Like, think about it. Are we are we are we talking about Lizzo? Like, no, we, we have not talked about Lizzo in a while. Right? Like, she was she peaked quite some time ago. She had to do some crazy stuff to stay relevant. You know, the stuff that was crazy. But notice who was who was you know pushing her the most. White women seem to be pushing her the most. And I'm like, y'all don't really think she's like attractive like that. It's just that if if the more the world pushes out girls like Lizzo, the better you look. That's all it is. Mm. Because with girls like Lizzo out in the world, you know, changing the standard of beauty, suddenly you don't have to work as hard to look perfect. Because Lizzo has brought down the average. And that's all it is. It's like, it's like, it's like saying, you know, I want to get into the school, but the school requires a 4.0 GPA. But if something happens where this one person brings down the requirement from 4.0 to 3.0, you realize, no, I don't have to work that hard. I'm going to get in no matter what. And I feel like that's why you got these other coaches sometimes, especially white women, they'll be clapping it up for Lizzo because, again, deep down, when the Lizzo's are in the room, it makes them look better. Interesting. That's an interesting analogy, I, I would say. Um I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big Lizzo fan. I mean, I've heard a couple of her songs, but I'm not like a huge fan. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weir- I'm just weird. Like <laughs> I'm just a weird person. So don't don't like use my. I'm not I'm not a representation of like the average person. Um, but you know, there are some people who think she's she's great. A lot of people who think she's great and you know empowering. And you know, they'll say, well, there's not. She's just embracing her curves, and she's you know. Molding a new standard of beauty. So see, you, that's probably you, you. See, you don't live in the world that lives and lives. That's the thing. You know, you know that, right? What do you mean? You specifically, based on the way you look, you don't live in Lizzo's world. What do you mean? If you and Lizzo walk down the street, <laughs> the world gonna treat you differently from her. I don't think so. Yes, they will. No, that's it's, not it's true. It's a known fact. It's a known fact that people, um, they. Number one, we, we treat good-looking people different from, say, average people. But we feel more comfortable around average people. Hmm. Like, I, I do I do think that pretty people do have it easy in this world. Like, they, that pretty people do get treated differently. That, that I agree with. It's true. It's, it's, they've, they've done studies on it. There's a, reason, there's a reason why on certain TV shows, they don't need the most beautiful people you've seen. While the other TV shows, they need somebody a little bit more average because they're less intimidating. People feel they can relate to them more. It's so many things that go on, uh, you know, subconsciously that we don't realize, but mm-hmm. it's playing a role. Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, you notice the trend with presidents, for example? They don't have to be, like, a certain height to be president of the country. Really? Yeah. Look up the trend. Huh. There's certain things that we tune into as human beings just based on the image well i i mean i'm not gonna be 
I'm not gonna sit here and, and act like image isn't important. Of course, I, image imagery is everywhere. I mean, you look at the media, you look at magazines, you look at whatever. Pretty people are everywhere. Pretty people are yeah. are what we're we're supposed to, you know, look up to or be not look up to, but like try to be like or whatever, right? And is it fair? No, because not everybody can be can be good looking. Let's just put it like that. Not everybody can be can have, you know, the the great body and the great look or whatever. People are average looking. And I just I really just wish there would be a day where we just treat people based on them and how they act and their uh, bearing. I know. I know uh, I'm a big softy. I know. That's cute. Just so you know, audience, Elizabeth is the enemy, just so you know. She's what? one of the pretty people. <laughs> that's so oh She's a problem. She, she's a problem, <laughs> just so y'all know. I am not. I am just trying to say that I just wish yeah. it comes a day. You're not. Did you mean you're not pretty or you're not the enemy? Look, I I plead the fifth. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> Go ahead and clarify, just so they know. I plead the fifth. Okay. All I'm saying is, I wish there was a day in a society where we didn't go off of looks, okay, and we just or or anything else, but how the person acts and is. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Based on merit and it's not personality. Like one of those rich people. What do you mean? I, I understand the average person. Get out of here. We don't want to hear that. You don't understand the average person. You don't want to live as the average person. You just know that's what you got to say. I don't look like the average person. What do you mean? Hmm. Nobody, nobody is buying that. Don't, don't listen to him, guys. If you, if you guys have seen him, he's not exactly average either. So he shouldn't even be talking. So I am average. He's not average. I'm average. Sure. Keep telling yourself that. Anyway, we are going to wrap it up. Any any last words before we go? Um, I'll say this though, you know, to, to to especially to our community, when you become the group that's easily offended, no one's gonna take you seriously anymore. And so we gotta learn which battles are the ones we need to fight because we don't need to fight every battle. Because at some point, you know, people aren't going to listen when we keep crying racism or whatever mm-hmm. they hate. This like, they're going to not take it seriously anymore. And, and that's, that's the part where, you know, we're, we're going to be at our worst at that, at that point. It's going to be like this where we're going to be that group constantly crying wolf or something. And I hope our sisters especially, you know, they, they, they start to pick their battles. Like, this one is not worth it, but this one is. Right. Yeah, we got to learn how to pick our battles. Not everything is not everything is rooted in racism. Let me just say that. Not everything is not everyone is out to get us. Like I know there's been it's been hard. It's this it's it's just been, you know, our our world and our society lately had just has just been crazy. Like I get it. And no one here is saying that it doesn't exist. We know it exists. Okay? Like we know but not every little thing is rooted in that. If someone looks at you sideways, they might not be looking at you because you're black. They might be looking at you maybe because you got something on your nose. <laughs> like, that, you know, like, just learn to pick your battles. Stop. Don't have your defenses up all the time. But at the same time, be cautious. We, we got to try to have that, that sort of balance. And it, it's a work in progress. Like I said, that's sort of like my, my motto lately. It's we're all a work in progress. And we can all only do what we can. 
But at the same time, we just have to, we can't stop being trusting. And we can't always think that people are always out to get us. Because they might not. And mistakes happen. Shit happens. People make mistakes. And, you know, we are all about forgiveness on this show. And we try to forgive people. And th- not everything is offensive. Not a, You don't have to be offended by every little thing. But at, on the flip side is do better. Be better. Think better. Act better. Be more conscious. Be more inclusive. Let's try to be nice to one another. And let's just try to do the best we can. We're all a work in progress. Oh. Oh. I know. I know. Here's your Oscar speech. Um, That's my optimism for today. <laughs> I, I like. To, I would like to say this: move in silent, people. Move in silent. You know, because we, we just gotta start moving differently towards our our goal. Because that's what everyone else is doing. Yeah. They're not reacting to everything, but they're moving quietly in silence to what they want. On that note, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Uh, we enjoyed talking to you. We enjoyed having you guys listen to us. I I love doing the show um, with my co-host. It's one of the joys of my of my day of my week. Uh, recording it and talking to you guys. So I really appreciate you listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast and also our website at theforeignladymedia.com or you can email us at foreignladypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.